Wow, that's uh, they did a nice job with that, didn't they? They always, they always do a nice job, but uh, yeah, yeah. All right, crazy love. We're gonna find out how how you are trivia wise. Uh, who who sang that? Poco. Thank you. So somebody got it there. So yeah, crazy love. The fact is, love is crazy. There are so many things vying for our love. There's so many things that we uh, wrap around our heart, so to speak. Uh, we refuse to unwind it. it. It's crazy love sometimes. And I think about with love, there's so many decisions you have to make. You know, who are you going to love? What are you going to love? You know, the fact is Jesus was asked that one day, you know, the, what the greatest commandment is. And he, and he said this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The fact is God, more than anything, wants your entire heart. God wants crazy love from you. The, God wants your all. And which, when you think about it, kind of explains the, the strategy of, of Satan. You know, if you really kind of work through that, Satan is a spiritual enemy of God. He wants to hurt God, but since he can't reach God or touch God, he tries to hurt those who love God. He tries to uh, lure those that love God away and to get people to worship and love uh, false, false gods, so to speak. And he's been doing that throughout history trying to get people to wrap their hearts around crazy things in life. And it's a sin that's called idolatry. The fact is it's destructive. It's about loving false gods, which promise what only God can provide. You know, for example, you, many people have crazy love. I mean, lots of love for a thing called money. You know, cheddar. They they want lots of it, and it's an extremely popular false god. Money promises what only God can provide. Money says if you have enough, you'll be secure. Money is a false god. You know, have a loved one die, get a bad diagnosis, and you realize no matter how much money you have, it, it will not make you secure in life. You know, money whispers in our ear. If you have more, you'll, you'll be happy. You'll really be happy. And it's a false God that does not deliver. You know, the people wrap their hearts around it, and they go the way, and it, it's crazy. It happens all the time. I see it. But it's crazy love. You know, we're continuing this series, Crazy and today I want to talk about a guy by the name of Elijah. And Elijah has crazy love for God. And we're going to look at a king and queen that, well, they're just crazy, all right? And uh, the Old Testament book, First Kings, records a story. And it's interesting if you read the entire book, the book opens and Solomon is reigning. And Israel is, they're building the temple. They're the preeminent power in the world. And things are going great. They're going really good for Israel. And then you get a little ways in and it turns. 
You know, just in a few chapters, everything turns, and we find the, the children of Israel living in captivity. And so you kind of go, well, what went wrong? Well, if you track it back, it tracks back to crazy love. They, they went from loving God and putting God above everything else in their life, and they started worshiping false gods. And that crazy love, well, didn't provide any truth in their life, didn't give them an anchor in their lives. And friends, I'll tell you, when you do not stand for anything, you will fall for about anything in your life. It will mess you up. Ahab's the king at the time, and he is one in a long line of leaders in Israel that, that was just messed up. I mean, they're just flat out crazy. You know, Scripture says this, uh, 1 Kings 16 says, But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight, even more than any other king before him. Catch that. More than any other king before him. To make matters worse, he's married to a very evil woman. You may have heard of her, Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel are the worst of the worst. They, they are evil, the, the worst that the, they had ever seen. And I think about all the bad things that they did, but the worst thing that they did was they turned the hearts of God's people toward false gods. Baal was one of the gods. He was the god of, of the sun, of fire. And then Asherah, she was the goddess of fertility. She was the wife of Baal. And so the, these false gods were making promises all the time. If you worship us, your crops will grow. If you worship us, your life will be a lot better. And friends, people had crazy love for these gods, had crazy love for them. And it's in the midst of that craziness that God calls Elijah to be a prophet. He calls Elijah to go and confront the king and to confront culture. Elijah ends up with an audience before the king, before Ahab. And he delivers a, a message, and the message is from God. And he says to the king, he says, you know, because of the idolatry, God has sent me to tell you this. There will be no more rain until God tells me otherwise. And then he turns and walks away. It must have sounded crazy. But guess what happened? There's a drought. <laughs> There's a famine in the land, which lands Elijah on the most wanted list. You know, there's a price on his head, and it was really high because it was basically bring him back, dead or alive, doesn't matter to us. We want him. And so God warns Elijah ahead of time and says, go into hiding. In fact, he tells him where to go. He goes to the uh, Kareth Ravine. You know, it was a valley, a, a place where God would completely provide for Elijah's needs. He provided a, a spring that gave him water. He sent uh, ravens to bring him food. Think about that. It's just crazy. And so his time there 
he learned to depend totally on God. By the time he left the valley, his relationship with God, it was strong. He was willing to be used by God any way God seemed fit. He was willing to follow unconditional obedience by the time he he left that valley. Three years of drought. So he's out in the wilderness for three years. Three years of drought. People are dying. God instructs him and says, okay, come out of hiding and go see Ahab again. Think about the courage that must have taken. He says, when Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Hmm. Ahab hasn't seen Elijah for three years. It, it strikes me because instead of repenting, instead of the king acknowledging, hey, I messed up, His response is flat out crazy. You troublemaker, because of you, you know, we're we're having a drought. Because of you, people are dying. It's because of you that we're having these problems. And I think how often that is that sin we, we, we blame. You know, we blame everyone else. Blame everything else for the problems that we have when many times the issue rests with us. You know, Elijah, he, he fires back, you know. He uh, says, First Kings 18, 18, he says, I've made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. You know, I find it interesting. We, we've got a crazy idea that many of us live with that, We can pursue anything, do whatever we want, and that there's no consequences. You know, we we have a crazy idea that we can remove God from the top spot in our life. You know, the top spot in our schedule, our priorities, in our families, in our resources. We, We get this crazy idea that we can wrap our hearts around whatever we want and we can do whatever we want, and that it's okay, God will bless us anyway. It's crazy to me. And what's really crazy is people seem shocked, you know, when things don't work out in their life, when we experience a drought. Should we be? You know, Elijah is confronting the, the culture, the popular idea of his day that, hey, worship whatever God you want. You got a bunch of guys, just worship them. It's good. And I know when you read this, for some of you, you're going, well, that's just stupid. You know, worshiping wooden idols and golden statues, that, that's so archaic. And it, it's just crazy. You know, I believe in one God. Friends, you may say that. But if the, if the truth were known, many of us worship many gods. We serve many false gods in our lives. It's messed up. You know, people today, you know, we worship things and we serve things that are socially acceptable. 
You know, it's not a wooden idol, it's not a golden statue, but we we worship those false gods, uh, money, possessions, you know, things, cars, homes, toys, you get more, more. You know, we worship uh, careers, we worship our images. And friends, I will tell you, when you put anything, anything, anything above God, When you put anything else on the throne in your life, it is idolatry. It is sin, and it will mess you up in life. And so I just ask, you know, what are some of the false gods that you serve? You know, what are some of the false gods that you put above God? You know, what are some of the things that you have crazy love for. Well, I love God. Well, friends, do you? Take a look at your schedule. Assess your priorities in life. You know, consider your pursuits. Think think about how you spend your, your resources, your time, your talents. Elijah, he he confronts Ahab and Jezebel. He confronts the the crazy culture that he's in. And with all the authority of God, he says, you know what? It is time. It is time to quit wavering in life. It's time to let go of those things that you've wrapped your heart around. It's time for a good old-fashioned showdown in life. You know, he uh, issues a, a challenge. He says, now summon all Israel, this is Elijah talking, to join me at Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. He makes a point. Oh, yeah, she's, she's messed up too. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. So everybody's gathered there. And this is where Elijah kind of gets in their face at this point. He asks that, that penetrating, piercing question. You know, it says, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two options? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. They said nothing. Not, not one word. In fact, if Elijah were here today, I think he would ask that same question. How long will you waver in your life? You know, and you may go, well, I don't know. What's it mean to waver? Well, when we, uh, we're part of a, a culture, I mean, our world is kind of what I would call build a faith, you know. Go to the mall, build your faith, you know. Put it together. Pick and choose. Mix, match. I kind of like this, I kind of like that, kind of like this. And so we create our own little God in a way. I was reading a recent uh, Gallup poll, and they were asking Christians what they thought about reincarnation. And so that's that idea that we're reborn, we get to live another life and then another life and another life until we can kind of get it right. And it goes against everything that Scripture teaches But 22% of Christians believe that's true. And I read that and I go, how how does that happen? How does it happen? Well, I'll tell you how. 
it happens a little bit at a time. I'll take a little of this, I'll take a little of that, and then pretty soon we're, we're all messed up. I, I, I don't like that part of the Bible. I, I believe this. This is what works for me. You know, God, I want heaven. I want salvation. You know, bless me. You know, God, hear my prayer. Take care of me. Provide for me. But I want to do what I want to do. It's a, it's a build of faith. It's really popular. But friends, it's wavering. And it'll mess you up. You know, quit claiming you love Jesus Christ. Quit claiming God's above all, that you love God, and then living like you don't know him. You know, quit wavering in life. You know, Revelation, the the third chapter, verse 15 and 16, it says, I know all the things you do. This is God talking. That you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. That's a sobering passage, isn't it? Choose a side. If God is Lord of all, follow him. If Baal is God, or fill in the blank there, whatever it is, then follow him. Sell out, all in. Make no excuses. You know, if material possessions are the most important thing in your life, then throw caution to the wind, go into massive debt, get everything you can any way you can, do not apologize for it, just chase it. You know, if image, your image is what matters most, then put it out there, go crazy. You know, tan it, tat it, puff it, you know, tuck it, lift it, twist it, curl it, color it, whatever. Crazy love, I love me. No restraint. Just go after it. Pleasure? If pleasure's really your God, take it to the edge. Go where you want with whoever you want. Do not let a thing like marriage stop you. Don't worry about who gets hurt. Sacrifice everything. Go crazy, friends. Go crazy. But if God... If Jesus Christ is truly the most important thing to you, then quit wavering. Don't just claim him. Don't act like it's so important. You got to own it. Worship God. Serve God. How? With all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. Crazy love for God is what we're called to. Elijah asks, how long are you going to waver between these two options in your life? And so we're told Elijah builds an altar at this point. He places a sacrifice on it. And then he challenges all the prophets of Baal. He says, you, you do the same thing. You know, and... What we don't understand fully at this point is this is a death match. Stakes are high. Loser's going to die. Scripture says 
then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. In other words, all the people agreed. They're, they're, now they're thinking, Elijah, you're crazy. Do you not know who you are dealing with here? Baal, we worship Baal, and Baal is the god of the sun. He's a god of fire. Elijah, you're about to get smoked, brother, you know. Scripture says that the, the prophets, Baal, they, they danced, and they're shouting, and they're cutting themselves, and they're worshiping all morning long. They keep worshiping, and there's no response. There's no answer. Nothing's happening. And I love this because uh, Elijah, he's got style, in my opinion. Because at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. <laughs> Shout louder. Surely he's a, he's a God. Perhaps he, he's in deep thought right now, you know. Or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be wakened. I mean, can you picture he's taunting them? He's in their face. You know, I bet that God of yours is really something. If you could get his attention. I bet he could really do something, but apparently he's taking a nap. He's on vacation. And scripture says as he's taunting them, they're getting louder. And they keep dancing and they're cutting themselves. And all day long, they just keep at it. And here's what struck me when I read that. That many people today don't just dance to the false gods for for an afternoon. No, they often do it for a lifetime. Dancing, praising, pursuing, got to get, you know, serving and and worshiping these false gods that, that promise so much, but deliver so little. The, the prophets of Baal, at the end of the day, they, they, nothing. After all the dancing, all the shouting, all the cutting, all the worshiping, all their craziness, nothing, nada, zilch, zero. Elijah, again, I just love his style. I almost picture him going, well, you gave it the good old college try there, boys. You know, this is uh, getting a little boring. So uh, I thought I would add a little bit. So, so this isn't so easy. I want you to go get four large jars. Of water. I want you to pour them on the altar. Now, we're not talking jars. We're talking jars, you know, big jars. It takes a couple men to, to move them. They pour it all over the sacrifice and the, the wood and everything that he's built on the altar. He says, do it again, please. And they go get four more, and they pour the water. He says, one more time, just humor me, one more time. And so they do it again, four more jars of water. Everything is drenched, the altar the sacrifice, the, the wood is soaked at this point. 
everything's standing in water. And he goes, that's good, that's good. At the time of the sacrifice, prophet Elijah stepped forward and what? And what? Prayed. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Do you hear the passion there? Answer me, God. Send fire. You know, reveal yourself right now. Show us who you are. Why? So they'll turn their hearts back to you again, God. So that they'll come back. So people who were, once knew you, people who once walked close with you, once served and worshipped you, you know, who were crazy in love with you, God, that they'll turn their hearts from these false gods that do not deliver, and they'll turn their hearts back to you because you're the one true God, because you're the one that can deliver and provide. Friends, I have been praying for us as a church that, that God would reveal himself I know these are tense times, but that God would reveal himself and that we would understand who God is because my fear is that many, many say, oh, I love God. And many of you have, have served God and you worship God. But I fear that over time, little by little, that we've replaced God that we put something else on that throne in our lives. And I, I just prayed and said, you know, God, reveal yourself in a mighty way. Why? So we'll turn our hearts back to God. It's maybe the reason why you're here today. You know, God's been working on you. Why? So you'll turn your heart back to him. You know, sometimes it, it takes fire to turn hearts. It takes trouble to turn hearts. First Kings eighteen thirty eight says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stone, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trenches. You picture that? When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And my prayer is that we see that God is who God says he is, that, that we understand and see that all the false gods in life, they promise so much but deliver so little and that God is the God that can deliver. You know, God reveals himself, not, not, not in fire. See, I, I believe God has revealed himself in a much more beautiful way, and that's in Jesus Christ. 
You know, that God showed who, who he truly was when he sent Jesus to this world to, to die for sin. Why? So we would all turn our hearts to God. The Lord, he is God. And friends, when you realize that, when you realize how much God loves you, crazy love, I mean crazy love, And when you understand that he sent his son to die for you, to save you, I believe if in those moments you sit back, let that really sink in, that the creator of this universe, one that created you, did all that? Well, I I think the false gods, whatever it is, kind of fade but it's a decision that you have to make in your life you have to make it every day I I think if Elijah were here he'd say quit wavering quit stop quit it don't do it choose today who you will follow the Lord is God you know break away I mean is there an area where you've been wavering? Let me ask it this way. What is it that you've put in place ahead of God in your life? You know, when you look at your life, the, for some of you, you go, yeah, I know there's some stuff I'm doing that's not God-honoring. You know, I know... I've kind of removed God from this area in my life. Friends, what is it? You know, what's not honoring God today in your life? You know, what is it that has got a hold of your heart? What is it you got crazy love for? Friends, I, I would challenge you to name it. You know, and just say to God, I confess, fill in the blank. I confess this, Lord. Please forgive me. Quit wavering. Complete, full, total obedience. Crazy love. Crazy love for God. Does your life say that? Something to think about. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Our most holy God. You, Lord, are God. God, I pray that uh, you would hear our prayers, you'd hear our confessions. God, forgive us. Forgive us for the other things that we worship in life. Forgive us the things that we wrap our hearts around, that we chase, pursue, that we sacrifice for. God, help us to be the people you've called us to be, you've created us to be. God, help us to live for you. God, I thank you for your love. 
surpasses anything. God, I'm thankful that you love us even when we're not very lovable. God, help us to love you the same way with all of our heart, with all of our mind, all of our strength. God, we give you the praise this day and every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. God's people said? God's people said? Amen. Amen. Let's, Let's worship together.